0: Welcome um, week number three of The Drive to Dayton, the show that's gaining a lot of traction around the state of Ohio. Um, so, hey, figured the first two weeks uh, we survived, so we'll come back for week three. Uh, it seems like there's some some people that uh, are, are interested. So uh, this is one of the funnest times of the week for me, just to chop it up and Just talk ball and, um, you know, you guys see a lot of games, but it's fun just to sit around and talk ball for a while, Um, especially after you can kind of digest what you've seen uh, over the past week. So yesterday, um, we had our boys basketball tournament draw. Um, I think a lot of the seedings were done on Saturday. Uh, People were sending them to me. Um, but the uh, actual brackets came out yesterday, and um, we'll talk a little bit about those. But I uh, kind of wanted to give us maybe a week or so to 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 digest those a little bit more, and uh, we could we could really get into those next week. But um, TJ had mentioned uh, on his Twitter we still got some regular season ball to go. Um, yep. It's always interesting to. To see what people think about things, um, and I realize that there's some people, no matter what, they're just going to reply to to argue, <laughs> or yeah, you're absolutely. just the contrarian, just to say the opposite. I mean, that's what social media is for for some people. Um, but it is a good. I mean, it is a it's a it's a good thought. Um, I, I've had it many many times because um, I guess I'm not looking at it from the coaching perspective of like. You know, if, if we have the conference title still on the line, we're, we're looking at it from a different lens, um, which is like, all right, these brackets are out. That's the most important thing here. The tournament's the most important thing in basketball. Um, you know, whether it's March Madness or high school, uh, it, and it just feels like everything else is like, becomes second to, to that coming out. So I appreciated you putting that out there. But gentlemen, uh, other than that, um, how's our week? TJ, I know you were up in northwest Ohio uh this weekend. And Roth, where where were you at, Bub?
1: Well, uh, with TJ in uh in northwest Ohio okay. on Saturday. And then um on Friday I uh kind of stayed around southeast Ohio. Okay.
2: Yeah, so Friday I went and saw Napoleon play at Sylvania Northview. And then Saturday, we got a, a quartet of games over at uh, ottawa Uh Four really competitive matchups. It was a, a really nice day for me. Um, I got to see a handful of teams that I've only seen once. Uh, I got to see two teams in Wayne Trace and Tidman columbian that I hadn't seen at all this season. Uh, so, yeah, it was a successful day, a great weekend. Uh, I'm looking forward to taking my first week off uh, this whole uh, of the year so far, so I'll probably uh, lay low uh, until next week, and then I think I have a few uh, pretty good games next week. I want to catch Richmond Heights and St. Ed's. I think that's going to be a big one. Uh, Hoping that everyone plays. And then I want to catch some non-OHSAA action uh, with Western Reserve Academy is traveling down to play St. Ignatius. So I, have, I, I know a lot of people probably aren't too familiar with Western Reserve, but I mean they have as much talent as you know anyone in Ohio, bringing kids in from all over the country. And I think their game with Saint Ignatius should be a really good one, probably one of the the more talented games that you'll see all year in Northeast Ohio.
0: Yeah, it's a Western Reserve Academy team that beat uh, SoCal Academy, I believe. Uh, yep. The mine too. So um, they got things going there in uh, Hudson. Hudson, Ohio. Um, now, Mike, you were at you were at the OG event as well.
1: Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: Now I'm assuming, uh, being that you guys get out and see a lot of travel ball as well, that wasn't the first time you guys had seen Brooks, was it? Um. So I
2: had seen Brooks play about two games in AAU. Um, both, I believe one was in May out at, uh, the run and slam in Fort Wayne. And then I caught him again in Fort Wayne in July. Uh, so he was a player that I was familiar with, but to be honest, I didn't realize how good he really was in, in, until this past weekend. I thought he was phenomenal.
1: Yeah. I'd only seen him once, um, in Fort Wayne, uh, in the spring. So big time performance by him uh made a lot of three pointers. Um has good size of the lead guard position, just overall really big time performance for him. Um and only my second chance to watch him. Yes. And it was
2: uh it was a bit of a weird game,
1: uh to be <laughs> honest.
2: Um because had you told me going into it that oh God, why am I blanking on his name? Logan, Logan Beaston? Yeah, would have, you know, between twelve and fifteen points and you know Brooks would go off for 32 I, I mean I would have put I would have put my house on the fact that you know Wayne Trace would have found a way to win that game. I thought they did a lot of things well but it just it just didn't go their way.
0: Hard to believe that's another team uh, Tiffin Columbian, that's up in Division 1 now. Um, sure. you know I I will always look at them as Division 2. I mean, I know that they're going to play in a Division 1 bracket but um, interesting Wayne Trace and i had uh I had talked with Mike probably one of the first week or two of the season about Wayne Trace. um he he was he was uh showing me what what he had had for the Division three his Division three rankings, and I had mentioned Wayne Trace, and they're 13 and six, um, but they have lost five games this year by a combined nine points, five wow. games by a combined nine points. Um, and I think their other loss was maybe like a a ten point loss to Collida, um, so w- which is a, another very good team this year as well. Uh, but that that is that is really interesting. Um, the only like so Wayne Trace and, and Van Wert are both up in that same you know area up in the up in Northwest Ohio. And I, I knew Van Wert had lost a bunch of close games, but they've lost five games this year by two points. Five different times this year they've lost by two points. Their other two losses were by three and by seven. Um, so you can look at that in a couple of different ways. Like, you know, they're, they they can't find a way to win. But, I mean, those two teams, Wayne Trace and, and Van Wert up in Division Two, Wayne Trace and Three, are two teams – um that you're not going to want to see uh here in a couple weeks. Uh and you guys I'm sure can attest to that seeing Wayne Trace on uh Saturday. So, let's jump into uh our teams of the week or you know just teams that are catching your eye from this past week. I'll start with you Mike.
1: Oh, so I put three teams down. Uh, first team, St. Ignatius. By the way, this uh, is my they, this is
0: my favorite part of the week to see what you guys picked. I think right, I know the so player I, of the week, but we'll we'll see.
1: So I went with St. Ignatius because they beat rival St. Eds, and it's St. Eds' their first loss of the year. Uh, Eds was the last unbeaten team in Division One. Um, also went with I shook Reedy. As one of my teams of the week, they beat conference rival St. Charles to clinch their conference title, and then followed that up uh, with a victory over Dayton Dunbar, who's one of the better D2 teams out of Southwest Ohio. Just impressive for them to get a big win on Friday. That was emotional and physical, and then for, then for them to follow that up on Saturday. And then I also went with Brunswick. Um, Brunswick, I believe, went 3-0 and this week. I uh, got a victory over Nordonia on Tuesday, um, and then they, I believe they got a conference victory on Friday as well. Um, so Brunswick's a team with a lot of offensive talent. They can really shoot the basketball, um, could provide some matchup problems in the playoffs if they have a hot shooting game. So those were my teams of the week.
2: Uh, Mike just mentioned it, uh, but I got a chance to see Bishop Reedy again. Uh, I believe it might have been my third time seeing them this season. I know it, it, it was at least twice. Uh, but when I tell you it's honestly just refreshing to watch them play uh it's like we were talking about how just all their guys physically almost look the same you know they're hovering between okay we back we are we're back uh yeah i was just kind of showing some love to columbus bishop
0: all right well um we had a repeat of week one uh, Kurt's storage space uh, was filled up but we are back And we apologize to Bishop Reedy. We know we have quite a few fans from Bishop Reedy out there. TJ, carry on with the Silver Knights.
2: Yeah, so I got a chance to catch them again for the second time this season uh, over at Ottawa Glendorf. So they were fresh off a a very emotional win Friday night and then turned around and had to go up to to Ottawa and play at 1.30 p.m. on a Saturday afternoon against a really athletic and guard-heavy Dayton-Dunbar team. And I think they had a really dominant third quarter and were, uh, were able to pull away. Uh, I thought the front court duo of Charlie Russell and Caleb Schaefer was phenomenal. Uh, two guys that are really versatile, can kill you inside out. Uh, I thought they played well, especially Russell. Uh, he's, he's been phenomenal in both games that I've seen. Uh, I want to give a nod to Hillier Bradley. Uh, as well, you know, they beat a, a good line, a senior team. And I mean, they put on an absolute clinic in the first quarter shooting the basketball. I believe they were up 24 to nine within the first, you know, six, seven minutes of that game. So I want to give a nod to them. Uh, Toledo Whitmer had a, a big win in overtime against Toledo St. John on Friday, won 64 to 59 and then turned around and beat a Defiance team that we've talked about last week. Uh, they beat them by 11. So it seems like Toledo Whitmer is really hitting their stride and a team that, you know, could could make some noise in that West region.
0: Yeah, I like that. Um for me, I I went for a two for one here. Uh same city. Uh Troy. Troy is sixteen and four this year. Um they had a pretty good week. They beat Sydney, but the big win came over uh Tippy Canoe um the other night. Uh, This is a team that was 10-12 last year. Uh, They're tied at top of their uh, league right now with Tip City. Um, Again, this is a team that's 16-4 this year, was 10-12 last year. Troy Christian, another team in Troy. Um, This is a team that's currently on a 13-game winning streak, which includes a big win over Miami East, who is in their conference. They split this season. Uh, Troy Christian is currently 18 and 3 on the season, kind of flying under the radar a little bit. Um, I know Miami East has got <clears throat> a lot of headlines this year, and rightfully so. But Troy Christian went and got the split, um, and they are riding a 13-game winning streak. So I wanted to mention those two teams from the same city. Uh, give those guys some love there over in the western side
1: of the state. All right, how about Troy, yeah. what's that? Uh, Troy Christian, we we've talked about Miami East uh, junior guard duo mm-hmm. of Wes Enus and Jake Broth. They're one and two in the conference in scoring. Uh, Troy Christian has a junior guard Parker Penrod, uh, who's third in the conference in scoring uh, at 17 points a game. So he's another guy to watch out for. A little bit undersized at five foot ten, but he is a pretty prolific scorer in uh, the Three Rivers Athletic Conference.
0: So those are uh, some of our teams of the week uh, we we mentioned. Let's look at uh, individual guys that are have stood out this week. Um, TJ, I'll start with you.
2: Uh, I would say a, a first guy that, that comes to mind would probably be Jacory Lipkins. Uh, they picked up a really big win last week against Uniontown Lake. Uh, it kind of keeps their hopes alive and keeps their hopes alive in the Federal League. They have a game this Friday with green. So the winner of Glen Oak and green automatically wins a share of the federal league. Uh, if McKinley beats Jackson, then the winner of the green Glen Oak game wins the league outright. Uh, Ja'Cory Lipkin said the the go ahead three against Lake uh, to give them a, to give them a win. So I, I, w- I want to give coach Hairston and those guys some love. I think coach Hairston is a guy who not only you know should be in the talks for federal league coach of the year, but I think he should win district coach of the year. Uh, for a guy who was picked to finish dead last in their league, and you know now they're right there with a, a really good chance of winning it. I think it's been phenomenal what those guys have been doing over there, especially with a really really young group.
0: And that's Canton Glen Oak um, that yep. TJ is referring to there. Mike, what about you?
1: Uh, I'm going to go with Cade Uh TJ, already talked about Hilliard Bradley, but on an individual level, uh, Norris had 29 points in an overtime loss. Olentangy Liberty on Friday night. Then on Saturday evening, scored his 1,000th point uh, in the second half against Lima Senior in their victory. Um, starting to shoot the ball at a lot higher level than we saw early in the season. Uh, really seems like he found his confidence uh, scoring it and shooting it from the outside. Hillary Bradley playing some really good basketball uh, right now. And then I also want to give a shout-out to Hayden Jarrett. Um, plays for Maysville. That's who I went and saw on Friday night. Uh, they defeated John Glenn. If they win one of their last two games, they're going to win uh, the Muskingum Valley League for the first time uh, in about 20 years. Uh, and Jarrett's averaging over 20 points a game. Been a big reason for that. And they are... I believe, the number one seed in the East District for Division Two. So I wanted to shout out Jarrett. He played a pretty impressive game on Friday night that I saw.
0: Yeah, um, that would be the first time in 27 years Maysville uh, has won the MVL, and they are the one seed. Uh, New Philly ended up getting the two seed. New Philly dropped a surprising game um, to Steubenville on Saturday. But um, – you know, you never know uh, when you go play Big Red, uh, Steubenville. What team you're gonna get? Uh, if you get them on a, uh, if you get them on a night where they're they're ready to go and they're ready to play, uh, they could beat just about anybody on their schedule. But um, New Philly took that loss the other night. So, yeah, I got a chance to watch uh, some of Norris on Friday night uh, against Liberty, and I mean. If he's not on the court, I mean that that game is um, not close. Uh, he willed them into that game, willed that willed that team into overtime. Uh, that's a really good Liberty team. Uh, they got a lot of pieces on that team that uh, you know, not not a whole lot of guys that people outside of Central Ohio would know. Um, but the six eight sophomore is, is coming along uh nicely he's he's a nice piece uh back in the mix for them so but yeah Norris was super impressive uh in that game, but you know when you say the last name Norris and it's Brett Norris's son, I mean you know he's gonna run through a br- kind of guy that's gonna run through a brick wall i mean it's just it is what it is two dollar two dollar steak guy
1: um and that <laughs> That was uh, that was a really With good inflation, game. Inflation, we gotta update that. Maybe like a five dollar
0: steak <laughs> yeah. or an eight dollar steak. Yeah. Man, can't get eggs for eight dollars Roth. Um, I don't know if you guys had a chance to look at this, but I had mentioned like maybe looking at some of the possible anticipated district finals game because I think I think that district final Saturday is like the best day of the tournament. Um, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just personal preference, but like, I feel like that's when you have the most good teams. Like, you know, all left in the tournament. You know, it's it's like you, you you've rooted out most of the teams that have struggled this season. I mean, there there may be a team here or there that you know gets a couple upsets and, and advances, but that that district final Saturday all across the state, man. Um, you know, when you think you have it figured out. That district final Saturday always provides some surprises. Oh, absolutely. You know, you're like, oh, man, I can't wait to see such and such at the state. And then, boom, district final Saturday happens and, and they're gone. Um, seems like it happens every year. Uh, but I wanted to hear, is there is there a, a couple games that stand out that that you might be looking forward to potentially happening in a district final? I mean, obviously, there's a lot of basketball to be played, but.
2: Yeah, I had a chance to to take a look at the Division One districts uh, earlier today, and I think there's a lot of intriguing games that could happen. I, yeah. I think uh, a Huber Heights, Wayne, and Fairfield in the district final could be really interesting. I, I think Fairfield would be looked at as the you know the favorite in that game, but Loren Rice has had a phenomenal senior season. Uh, he's been really good both the games that I've seen. Uh, I think a potential St. Vincent, St. Mary, Walsh Jesuit rematch. It could be, could be a lot of fun. Walsh Jesuit knocked St. V off earlier this year. Uh, they've also had big wins against St. Ignatius. Uh, it could be, yeah, that, that one could be interesting. I think St. V wants to get some get back, and I, I think Walsh, you know, has the confidence, you know, at beating some of the top teams in Ohio this year. Uh, I looked at, like, a Brecksville-Ignatius. I, I think that could be a lot of fun with Luke Scaljack, Ace Buckner, two of the better guards in Ohio in the junior class. Uh, and then it's like an interesting, uh, I think you're looking at Garfield Heights against, you know, maybe a potential Cleveland Heights or Avon Lake. Uh, I think there's some fun matchups that could be had out that way. I think North Ridgeville is possibly a sleeper in that district. And, and then we've talked about Hillier Bradley, but they could um, be potentially matching up with the, the reigning state champs and the big Central Tigers in the district final. So uh, I'm hoping as of right now, me and me and Mike were talking about this the other day. But usually the Columbus district finals are on Saturday, and then you can make that drive down to Cincinnati and catch their district finals on Sunday. Right now it looks like they're all going to be slated for Saturday. I'm I'm hoping that, you know, that changes. Uh, just, uh, you know, speaking for myself. Uh, but, yeah, it should be a lot of really fun games. I think uh, I was looking at a Cincinnati Elder Sycamore in the district semis. Uh, obviously, Raleigh Burgess out for the year is a you know is a big mm. blow, uh, but that that game I think would have been a lot of fun uh, you know had he been healthy and I still think Sycamore has a has
1: a puncher's chance in that one.
0: What about you, Mike? You see anything you're <laughs> yeah. liking?
1: Yeah, so I decided to do four in D one, three in D two, two in D three, and one in D four. Um, so TJ already mentioned two of them. I had Wayne versus Fairfield and Walsh Jesuit versus Saint V. Um, but then I also went with, uh, Princeton versus Moeller. Um, that was a game that I was at first game of the season, um, for Princeton. I believe it was also first game of the year for Moeller. Um, and Princeton really went out and took it to Moeller, um, beat them by 20 points. Uh, Moeller was without Kingston land, who's battled injuries this year. So that would be interesting. Um, and then the other one I looked at was Perrysburg versus Lima senior, um, was Perrysburg the, the team that, oh, no, it was Northview that, uh, Lima Senior hit the buzzer beater on last year? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was Northview. Okay. I, I believe they would likely play Northview in the district semis. Um, so that's something I'm kind of intrigued by. Uh, in Division Two, the three I went with, uh, all come from the Southwest region. Uh, you got Chaminade Julian versus Bishop Fenwick. That was a game that just went down to the wire. A lot of people think CJ could win the state title in Division Two. That they could have to play a team that just almost beat them in a district championship game. Uh, Cincinnati Woodward versus Dayton Dunbar, uh, one of the top teams from Cincinnati City League against one of the top teams from Dayton City League. Uh, that, and then that game will be that'll be a lot of fun. Yeah, and then this one also I think would be a lot of fun. Uh, Kettering alters Cincinnati Taft. Oh. Um, yeah, Alter has a lot of guards They made it to the state final four Last year, Anthony Ruffalo, Gavin Geisel A.J. Lean uh, Some seniors And then Taft uh, They have Ian Elmer, Hudson Norton Kyron granville Uh They're going to look to defend their state title So that's a game that I think is intriguing uh, Then moving down to Division 3 uh, We're going to Stubbs, Neck of the Woods Malvern versus Martins Ferry Um or, or even Garraway, um, for that matter. I think Malvern versus either one of those teams would be a good game. And then also Worthington Christian versus Harvest Prep. Um, I, I think these teams played in 2019 um, or 2020, and they were like the one and the two seeds in Columbus's district for the right to go down to Athens. This time it's not going to be to go down to Athens um, because Afrocentric is taking the route to Athens. But... I still think that would be a pretty intriguing district championship. Uh, and then in D4, I went with Marion Local versus New Bremen. Uh, Marion Local took a little while to get started on the season. Uh, a lot of football kids, they played in the state title game, um, so they had to start their season a little late. Um, but they're rolling unbeaten in conference play. New Bremen, a conference rival of Marion Local, um, should be pretty interesting. Uh, the Flyers are playing some really talented teams in Division Three and Division Four, recently. I think they have a game uh, against Roosha this weekend, um, so that'll be pretty interesting. Um, two teams that I think are capable of making a run in Division IV. Um and really just going with a lot of storylines here, uh, teams that don't like each other and that have some history.
0: Love it. Yeah, you mentioned New Bremen. That's, uh, that's a team that also won the state championship in football this year, too, so they got to they got a late jump on things as well. And they, they're <clears throat> they're playing really good basketball right now as well. So that should be interesting. Um you guys had most of the games I had. There was a couple on there that um I know there there'd be a lot lot of work for this one to happen. Uh, I'd like to see Olin Tangy orange against Delaware Hayes. I think that'd be a really good basketball game. Um I know Hayes has Reynoldsburg and Pick North, I think, in their in their section of the uh, of the district, their are half of the bracket, I think that. Columbus,
2: would, North, I think Columbus Northland is down there as well. Yeah,
0: Northland I think plays Reynoldsburg in the opener. Um, that's kind yeah, of that's a, a
2: good
1: opener.
0: Yeah, yeah. So,
1: not as good of a game as you're going to get in the first round. To be I, honest, I yeah, would there, just there love like to one see one or two Northeast Ohio good opener games like Solon against yep. University School. Um, that was one of the openers that caught my eye. Um, you mentioned that one. I think there was one more in Columbus that caught my eye, too. Um, so, yeah, there there actually are some pretty intriguing openers um, this season, especially in the districts um, where, like, none of the top teams went. Um, that, that's where you'll get, like, really good opening games. Um, when, like, in Columbus you got the four seed, or in Northeast Ohio you have the three seed as, like, the top seed in the district. Then you get some really good early round battles.
2: One thing, uh, one thing I do on my website it is kind of, it's bittersweet because it's probably the most tedious thing that I do. Um, uh, but it's kind of, uh, it's become a yearly tradition now. So I print off all the brackets, right? I have every single bracket for all four divisions printed out. and I type a, And I type a daily schedule for each division on my site that way I can go through it just helps me a ton trying to map out potential matchups and where I can go but yeah I'm not I'm looking forward to but also not looking forward to doing that this
0: week so so I would love to see Orange Hayes. Um I think Newark versus Olin Tangy Liberty. I know a lot of people um I was watching a, a show last night a lot of people were just kind of penciling Liberty in <clears throat> to the regional. I don't think Newark's gonna go lightly. Um they've played early in the season uh Newark could have won that game um and look, I'm not betting against Quackenbush in a district uh if he if he gets that team to the district final to to face liberty. I think that'd be a great game Westerville North, and Jerome could be another uh intriguing district final um division two uh Sandusky. Uh, against possibly either Lexington or Shelby. I think either one of those would be a great matchup. Uh, Western Buckeye League in D2, you could end up with either St. Mary's or Van Wert against Defiance. Uh, that would be a good district. Um, what else do I have? I just wanted to get uh, Emmanuel Christian against Wayne Trace. Could be a district final. Be an interesting matchup. Uh, I really like this one. Ottawa Glandorf, possibly against Spencerville. Um,
1: and you love Spencerville.
0: I do love Spencerville. Uh, Josh Henline is is a very underrated talent there. Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Th- this could go different ways. I got Minford against Lucasville Valley, possibly, in Division III. Um I know they, they would have, uh, Lucasville Valley would have some work to do to get to that.
1: Warrior, yeah, only one upset for Lucasville Valley. Uh, I think against North Adams right there, so very possible right now if uh if they don't move the southwest districts i think i plan on being at the combo um that sunday for the southeast d2 and d3 district championship games so um yeah might get to be able to walk to a game which will be a pleasant yeah no driving to dayton we'll be walking to dayton
0: (laughs) the other two i had were warren jfk against uh dalton that's possible uh and then Kaleida against either Delphi St. John's or Convoy Crestview uh, should be another. Either, either way would be a really good district final. Um, so, again, we,
2: we'll, we, we talked about guys that, you know, to get the most you know, out of their groups. And I'm so glad you just brought, uh, brought up Warren JFK. Uh, I think Coach K over there does a phenomenal job. You know, former assistant and Warren Harding took over. Uh, JFK around the same time that I started. So I kind of got to watch him really turn that program around. And, you know, regardless of, uh, you know, if he's got scholarship guys, non-scholarship guys, that team plays the right way. They play their tails off. They make shots. They move the ball. Uh, I got a chance to see them early on in the preseason. Uh, it was a three-way scrimmage between Youngstown, Ursuline, Badger, and Warren JFK. And they, I mean, they play really, really good basketball. So. so i wanted to give coach k a shout out man that's my guy uh so
0: badger still suffering the effects of of last week's uh man i I, i'm sorry badger um and badger's
2: got a got a really really talented kid over there a junior named duncan moy uh one of the more intriguing wings in, in ohio's 2024 class uh i'd say without a doubt a scholarship kid at some level so yeah, they got they got a piece. They got a really nice piece. Yeah. And, You know, Coach, he does a
0: good job as well. Sorry, I'm sorry, Kinsman Badger. I apologize for last week. Uh, like I said earlier, we will have more on these brackets next week. I just wanted to give you guys a little, a little taste of of what could possibly be coming down the road. But we know that this is <laughs> we're we're talking right now, and and we're gonna sit here in a couple of weeks and go, eh, I didn't see that one coming. Uh, and I think, that's I a think beautiful this year,
2: thing. I think this year is going to be
1: the, more so than the years past.
0: Yeah, that's uh, I love it. I love it. Me too. Um,
1: yes, yeah, Stubbs. We're, we'll have an interesting battle between the three of us to pick the most district winners. That, uh, that's always always intriguing. I think you can go off the general like consensus even more this year than you usually can.
0: So gentlemen we're down to three undefeateds left in the state of Ohio Bishop Reedy um which I am sold at this point that they're going to do it um I believe they have Waterson and Hartley uh remaining I, I I am sold that they're they're not going to lose a game in the regular season uh Richmond Heights has that game with um St. Edward and Leesburg Fairfield uh, has a game against Lynchburg, Lynchburg Clay, which uh, could be a difficult game for them as well. But
1: I got I, a lot of respect in the uh, Southeast draw. Um, they got the one seed and um, a lot of the like two through six seeds. I think like four out of those five seeds all went towards the other district. Um, so a lot of respect given. To Fairfield by the coaches down in Southeast Ohio um, might be a team to watch out for to potentially make it to Dayton.
0: Yeah, that, I I would say right now if I I would say if I was ordering these in confidence level I would say Fairfield uh, one to go undefeated then Reedy uh, just because Reedy has two teams they have to play in the league and that's always a that's CCL. I mean, sometimes you just never know if it gets down in like a 30 in the game in the 30s. But I don't know if Reedy will let that happen. Um, and then Richmond Heights with their game at Ed's, I'd put them third as far as what my confidence level in, in going undefeated. But um, as Drew Joyce said, um, the only time he wants to be undefeated is in the tournament. Uh, and that's uh, that's a, he's done that several times. All right, so let's get to the buy and sell, gentlemen. Um, this is something. This is something that's really popped up, and I've had like just random people text me about this, um, in one form or fashion. And that's once the teams are seated, uh, such as they were on Saturday. They were seated on Saturday. The teams should be placed on the board like any other bracket. For example. I think you guys know what I'm saying.
2: Like 116
0: one, 215 two, 15. Um I'll let you guys answer. What do you guys think?
1: Oh, uh, I am going to sell. Sell? Yeah,
2: I'm going to sell as well. Uh I I like the the idea of, of coaches being able to pick pick their lines. Um I, I think for for teams that are playing hot, you know, who are winning a lot of games that you know don't want to take that buy I think I, I I like the fact that they get the flexibility to do so. Uh, so, yeah, I'm
1: with Ralph on this one. Yeah, I, I think um, just the matchups that coaches can create, um, kind of like going after teams, or also more importantly avoiding teams uh, that they think are, are a bad matchup for them. I think that's always intriguing and seeing who goes where. Um, also, like if you got a circumstance like in Dayton, Where Centerville is head and shoulders above the rest of the field. Um, If you would be like drawn out the number two seed in Centerville's district, um, that might be that team might rather be the three seed in a different district that they think they'd have a better chance of making it out of. Um, So I think they should reserve that right. Um, That's just one example I think of because I feel like the gap between Centerville and the second best team in Dayton is larger than the gap between the one and two seed in like any other area of the state. Um, Like you look in the Northeast, like East and West, it's pretty close. Ed's kind of a prohibitive favorite there. Um, But then in Northwest, Cincinnati and Columbus, I think a lot of the top teams are pretty close.
0: Yeah. So you guys, from what I'm hearing you say, you you guys like the strategy portion of once the seeds are on there, then you know it's like teams are trying to be strategic about where they go in the bracket. Just to kind of play devil's advocate on that, the, the one thing that the one thing that happens that is kind of a problem. Like so you got you know, you got a, a team that's really good. Um, it loads up like a certain bracket. Um so you know you could be the two seed and and you're having to beat everybody else in that three through seven or you know three through seven range to is all gonna be down there in your bracket um so there's there's that element to it uh I can definitely see both sides um I don't know I'm trying to think like any other time where i've done like I've been a part of something that was bracket based where it wasn't, you know, like they do it in the NCA tournament. Um, football obviously has the computer points, and they just place them on the bracket as 1-8, you know, 2-7, et cetera. But basketball is unique, um, and like I said, I can see both sides, but I just wanted to get you guys' thoughts on that because a lot of people have been asking. Um, yeah.
2: I've had a couple conversations, uh, with, you know, with coaches in the, you know, both the Northeast Ohio and Northwest Ohio, uh, about the fact that, you know, the teams in NEO that are in that, you know, that are in that West side, not only do they get to choose their, their district, but they're, they're choosing their region as well. So they're choosing, you know, and the same thing in Division Two. Um, there are Northeast Ohio teams that get to choose whether or not they want to go out West and compete against the Toledo teams or whether they want to stay home. I, I I'm not sure how I feel about that. I think it does give those Northeast Ohio teams a, a bit of an unfair advantage. Honestly, uh, being able to, to choose not only the district but the route, I, I think is a uh, very interesting. But I, I realize that you know it's based off the fact that Northeast Ohio just has so many Division One teams and so many Division Two teams that that's quite frankly the one of the only ways
1: you can do it. And we lost Stubbs. Oops. Swallowed by the darkness
0: You know what it is um, So I wanted to give a shout out to our boy Matt Gould uh, Definitely one of the hardest working guys In, in high school sports uh, No matter what the season is And I just saw that he he Put out his, uh, his new rankings There for Northeast Ohio So uh, buy or sell Richmond Heights is the number one Team in Northeast Ohio Regardless of division
1: I'm gonna sell. I think it we're a year early for
2: that. Oh man, I'm go. I'm gonna buy. I-, I I think not only is Richmond Heights the the top team in Northeast Ohio right now, I think you can make a case that they're arguably one of the top three in Ohio, regardless of class. I don't think I think you would be really hard pressed to name five teams better than Richmond Heights in any division in any area of
1: the state.
0: <laughs>
1: oh. Can't wait for that D4 district final Do oh. so they got Magador likely Woo. Get your I tickets before still, they I, sell
2: out I am very, very Intrigued by a potential Cornerstone Christian Richmond Heights matchup I, I hope that goes down And I can't wait for the phone calls That I'll be getting the the week of that game um, So yeah If you know Coach Quaz and Yeah, you you can only imagine.
0: Man, you know he's going out and getting an Armani suit for that one. He'll have the red shoes on. Ain't no doubt about it.
1: I thought you were going to say he's going to go out and get some players.
0: Hey, he's good with his five. Um, T.G., I think you and I talked about this a couple years ago. may even have been one of his last years at joe's i mean quaz is a wild man uh there's no doubt about it um he'd be the first to tell you that uh but you can forget all the other stuff when it when it's that 32 minutes that old boy can coach
2: winners win bull
0: hey i'm i'm telling you man when when the game when the clock starts until it, that guy can flat out coach. Um there there is no doubt about it. And he can motivate he can motivate kids. Um and, and he creates uh fan, you know, but I mean there's been a couple years there at Joe's where, you know, he, he won I think it was was it the Beachwood game? So and he'll tell you, uh, he had no they had no business winning that game. Um when the little guy was there, the kid that's a John Carroll now.
2: Yeah, Gene um, Higgins. Yeah, I believe he hit the hit the game winning shot in that game, went coast to coast. Beechwood was
0: uh, loaded. Loaded. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, yeah. That's what they had
1: uh, like Michael Bailey you know, and those guys, right? You know what's funny, Stubbs? At the OU Intermural, uh, this would have been my sophomore year, so twenty twenty. We lost to a team uh that had a kid from that Beachwood team that lost. Um, yeah, my team we we weren't very good. And then we make it to the semifinals and we play <laughs> six seven walk on, six five kid who like started at Beachwood, Beachwood's backup point guard, some like twenty four year old who like started at Menor, um, and then another kid who like had three dunks. Like this was like a all star in your Merle squad and they just they, they beat us by like twenty points in the semifinals. They were back to back champs. It was not fun.
2: Rob talks about his intramural days like his three touchdowns in Polkai.
0: He's Al Bundy. <laughs> <It's unbelievable. laughs> Alright, let's let's bump over to on the spot here. And I'm glad that you guys brought this up this afternoon because I I thought about it when it happened but then it kinda slipped my mind. We gotta talk about this, this Molar LaSalle, just absolute butte. I mean, this was a butte, twenty-seven, twenty-six LaSalle. That's even.
1: Can you believe Moeller went for two down one? <laughs> that's they that, scored. that's they rough.
0: That is even rough for the GCL South. Uh, no. a, as Mike pointed out earlier today, Moeller got a. Um, 24-shot attempts off in this game. There were seven combined free throws in the entire game. Uh, I mean, this was just an absolute masterpiece uh, that LaSalle was able to escape uh, with a 27-26 victory. I I don't even know what to say.
2: I will say this, though. Uh, I think the coach of LaSalle has done a phenomenal job uh considering the talent that they have, uh me and me and Roth got a chance to watch them against uh Cincinnati Turpin uh back in late December. Uh I mean it's not a team filled with, you know, college prospects, man, and they've got a lot of big wins under their belt this year. So yeah, despite that game that I don't quite frankly want to talk about. I think I'd rather vacuum <laughs> the beach than go that game. Um
1: but yeah, he has done a great job this year. Yeah, just kind of uh Kind of ridiculous. I always see on Twitter people talking about, like, when teams hold the ball for two minutes, like, how bad it is. And I'm always like, I've attended 119 games this year. I haven't seen one team hold the ball for two minutes. It's probably because I don't watch LaSalle play Moeller. Like, I just don't go to those games. (laughs) I watch LaSalle versus Turpin, and then Moeller versus Princeton games where the other team's can actually run. So that's just... Somehow I avoid the games
0: where everybody just plays stall. Yeah, I, I watched the, the uh, Liberty-Bradley game on Friday, and there was probably two or three possessions in a row in the fourth quarter where Liberty uh, took, I want to say, maybe two minutes off one time, three minutes off another. Um, and, I mean, it ended up kind of coming back to bite them. Uh, Kind of let Bradley get that game into overtime. I, I thought Liberty should have kept playing. I think Liberty has the better personnel, and, and that's 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 my thing. If you have the better personnel, keep playing. Like I mean, that that's always been my theory. I mean, if, if you if you don't feel like you're the better team and that's your strategy to to shorten the game, I get it. But when you got the better personnel, I mean, I'm gonna keep playing and, and try to put that game away because. Uh, I I do think that that helped Bradley get that game to overtime. Now, fortunately for Liberty, they ended up winning it in overtime, but uh, that could have cost them. All right, so let's finish with this, gentlemen. Um, I want to know who you guys think, and uh, those of you that sent in for the mailbag questions, we'll get to those next week um, because a couple of those tie in with what we're going to talk about next week. But I want to get you guys' take on this as as we round out the show. Who do you since this is on the spot? Who do you guys think, in your mind, is the best team that no one is talking about right now?
2: Oh man, that is a tough one.
0: I mean, I'm not, I'm not saying like best team like they're the best team, but they're they're the best team that no one is is talking about. That it, it's not getting, you know, publicized a whole lot.
2: I would say a team. In Northeast Ohio that I don't think has gotten quite the the recognition they deserve uh, despite some really big wins. Uh, I would say Stowe is probably the best team that you quite frankly you don't they're not gonna get a bunch of tweets. they're not gonna get a bunch of highlight tapes and video coverage, but I think Stowe on any given night can beat any team in Northeast Ohio,
1: and I think they've proven that. So I'm going on Tuesday, Stowe at Nordonia. It's going to be a big one in the suburban league, so I'm excited for that and make the trip up to Cleveland for that game. But I am going to go with Princeton. Princeton mm. was voted the five seed uh, in Cincinnati's uh, big uh, district vote. The three seed Molar, Princeton beat by 20 points to open up the season. They could rematch in the district championship game if Princeton can make it to the regionals. I think there's a decent shot that Princeton can win a district, and I don't think very many people are talking about Princeton. Uh, Like, they're one of the 16 best D1 teams in the state, Um, but I think there's a good chance that they're one of the 16 last teams to make it. So give me uh, Coach Brian Wyant. He's got some talented guards, Kevin Adorno, uh, and also Jaden Arnold, Uh, and then he's got a football kid, Dorian Williams, uh, who's also got some talent on the basketball court. And they're a team that I just don't see people talking about very much. Oh, so, uh, combine that with injury to Rally Burgess. Um, and they're, they're probably one of the, to me, Elder's been struggling too. They're the number two team in Cincinnati that, like, I don't want to play. Besides Fairfield, they're that team that will probably scare me the most in Cincinnati if I'm a center bill. Um, I so think that, that's what I'm going with. I think a team in
2: that district, um, that is potentially dangerous on the right night is Cincinnati Withrow. Uh, I think Coach Berto Allen, he's got a lot of long, talented athletes. Uh, he's got a good good guard in Alexander Parks. And you look at freshman Chris Henry, who is just an absolute physical specimen. Uh, one of the, the top football recruits in the country in the freshman class. You got junior Michael Johnson, 6'5", 6'6", forward, really intriguing inside
0: So we lost we lost our man Mike Roth. He uh he disconnected his mic. Roth, we don't need you, buddy. Uh, we'll we'll close this out. We know you're more of a a six-man anyway, so we'll close this out here. Uh TJ, you were you were talking about Withrow as a team that uh Mike had mentioned Princeton um and, and you were talking about Stowe prior to that, but you were mentioning uh Withrow, which is um a really good a really good find.
2: Yeah, so Withrow, I, I believe they played Mueller earlier in the year. Uh and I think they lost by one in overtime. Uh so they're a team with a ton of talent and on the right night I think they can get about with anybody in that district. So
0: Yeah, I was going to mention um we'll wrap up here. I was going to mention um Sandusky uh as a team that that nobody's really talking about. They're 18 and 1. Um they're having a really good season. Uh, another team that I, I was going to mention was Jackson Center, um, and they're getting they're getting definitely publicity in the AP poll, but uh, it's not a team that um, a lot of people outside of that Shelby County area think about too often. But they're a really good basketball team, Jackson Center. Um, and Dublin Jerome is a team that had a ton back this year, and they kind of are just flying under the radar.
2: Um Yeah, I'm taking a l uh am taking a look at um uh, Sandusky's schedule right now. Their only loss came to Tiffin Columbian December fifteenth that five. was
0: re- Yeah, real early in the year.
2: Yep, and uh, yeah, they got wins over Illyria. Uh, was that. Are uh, they beat Tip? Tiff- wow. So they lost to the Tiffin Columbian by five on the fifteenth and turn around and beat them by twenty three on January
0: twentieth.
2: Yep. So yeah, they look like a team that's kind of really hit their stride and Honestly,
0: they they might finish the year out. They might finish the year out twenty-one and one. Yeah, r- nothing to sneeze at. Um, no matter. No, not at all. But yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say Sandusky, Jackson Center, and Dublin Jerome um, is is definitely a team to keep an eye on. This is a team that was on the brink of, of making the, um, the regional last year, and most of these guys are back, especially. Like the guard position, you know, starting with Ryan Nutter, but they've really kind of floated under the radar this year. With you know, obviously, Pick Central is going to get a lot of ink. Uh, Olin Tangi Orange has got a ton of ink this year. Um, as of late, Olin Tangi Liberty, Westerville North. Don't sleep on Dublin Jerome. The Celtics, the Celtics yeah, could make a run. Yeah,
2: they dealt with some injuries early on. Uh, I know Ryan Nutter was banged up a little bit at some point. And I think the rise of Liberty kind of hurt uh, some of the the steam that they had going on. So yeah, it, I think what, what Coach Richie Beard is doing over there, and I, they went to a, a what double triple overtime with Westerville South last year. Yep. Uh, so yeah, they were right there knocking on the door, and I think they have a chance to, to get there again.
0: Well, TJ, let's uh, let's do this again next week um, for the benched. Mike Roth, TJ Petros, I'm Kurt Stubbs, and uh, we're out. See
2: you.